Today on The Breakdown, welcome to the podcast where we explore the world of poker and the incredible talent of Fader Holtz. Whether you're a seasoned player or just starting out, this podcast is your ultimate guide to understanding the game of poker and how Federer has made a name for himself as one of the best in the business. We'll be diving deep into the strategies, techniques, and mindsets behind poker's success, and we'll be sharing exclusive insights and stories from Federer's journey to becoming a poker legend. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn everything you need to know about poker and Federer Holtz. This is the podcast for all poker enthusiasts. And I'd like to thank ChatGPT for writing that opening. That's right. I said, write an opening for my podcast about poker and Federer Holtz. And that's what I came up with. Uh, you know, not too shabby, really. Sort of, I, I think people may really open podcasts like that. Grant, you have anything you want to add? Grant, this is the part where you say something. And go. <laughs> and talk. Should I have ChatGPT write some more? Did you not like that? Grant, just give me nothing. He's giving me nothing. He's, he's like a bowling pin. Just a lone full <laughs> bin. All right, all right. What's really happening? It's a 50K. It's Federholtz against um, Nick Petrangelo. It's one of those hands where people do stuff, and it's interesting and confusing and interesting and confusing. You know, we're going to talk about why they're doing what they're doing. It's going to be great. It's all going to happen right now in The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs> You can't do it. You can't get me to talk during the opening. I know. It's not part of the brand, <laughs> and I won't allow it. I'm going to trick you into it at some point. Unless I am doing the opening, which has happened no, on, on rare occasions, you're not going to get me. No, I'm going to get you. Now, now it's a goal of mine. Before, okay. I, before it's just a playful thing I do, now I'm going to work hard to get you to say something during an opening, and you're going to do it and then be like, oh, no, he got me. That's possible. I'm not going to... I'm not going to... Have the hubris to to say that that's never oh. going to happen. Well, then it's not even interesting to try, and I'm not going to try. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I just crushed your dreams so easily. No, there's no dream to have, is what I'm saying. Like, it's not even worth a worthy goal if you're not going to work. Try not to do it. What do I care? Yeah. But of course, I can get you to do it. You're. It's like tricking a two year old into playing in the street. It's no big deal. Tricking a two year old into playing in the street. Yeah, you just throw a ball out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty easy, I guess. You're yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. There's some toys on the street and. Yeah. Watch the whole thing happen, <laughs> you know. Wow, dark. Let, let the circus come to town. Um, that is pretty dark. Thank you. Uh, what'd you think of the opening with the chat GPT thing, huh? Was it, was it fucking next level or what? It was pretty good for, for I, I, could, I could hear a podcast that I don't want to listen yeah. to having, having that opening. If that were typically the openings for the breakdown, we'd have to change something up a little bit because it was basically, it had, I don't know what to, like moisturizer commercial vibes or mm. something like that. Mm. You know, it's a little too. Yeah, it sold itself just a little too much. I'm gonna agree with you on that. Um, like it says, this podcast is your ultimate guide to understanding the, the game of poker. Use the term "best in the business." Feels like a little exclusive insights. Poker legend, sit back, relax, and get ready to learn everything you need to know. It's like a little too much. Well, right? do you know why I had a slightly visceral reaction to that, actually? Is because what ChatGPT is doing functionally is 
grabbing snippets from yes. all over the internet and the history of the internet and how things are done in that vein. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why my reaction to it was a bit of like a bleh, yeah, like because because that, that is what I, people actually do because nobody has any fucking creativity. Not nobody, but a lot of a lot of entities have no creativity and they just fucking copy that type of thing, that way of speaking for when they're trying to promote themselves. Yes, and it's fucking embarrassing, honestly. Damn, it is. I I mean, sure. I mean, it was. It felt authentic in its own way, but also awful. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, well done for what I asked it to do. It, it delivered, but like, yeesh, I don't want to hear that podcast either. I feel, I feel this reaction, I think, because uh, of being a person who's done a podcast and videos and stuff with you for so long. Like, I can't imagine turning myself into a salesperson for mm. myself on my own podcast. Yeah. That's like disgusting to me. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. It sucks to have to do any level of self-promotion. I agree. And... We don't do that on this show. <laughs> that's for sure. That's why it's. That's why the show is what it is. Yeah. I would say, if anything, I'm just trying to run you down as much as possible, break you emotionally, um, yeah, yeah that's, and embarrass you and slash humiliate you. It's in poker. front of the audience. It's poker. That's the whole idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony G way. I want you to feel the pain of humiliation, public humiliation. <laughs> that's exactly what this podcast is all about: <laughs> public humiliation. Yeah, it's good. It's good for everyone. Oh no. I would, that was when I was in, on Jackass. That was a different thing. That's, That's not public humiliation, though. That's public adornment. I don't know. Some of the things they did were certainly public humiliation. Like what? Like taking a, a shit in a toilet in a <laughs> toilet store. Okay, yeah. All right. I'll give you that one. I gotta give you that one. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> it's a hardware store even, but yeah. Whatever. Oh, man, I don't think there awful. might not be toilet stores. Is that a thing where they only You're sell You're the toilets? guy who just moved into a new house. You tell me if there's a toilet store. How would I know? I didn't have to buy the toilets. No one buys a toilet in person anymore. It's all online. Everybody <laughs> just Amazons the shit out of their toilet. I mean, free shipping. You have to do it. There should be toilet only stores, right? There's vacuum only stores. Why wouldn't there be toilet-only stores? I mean, stores? brick and mortar vacuum-only stores. Still? Yeah, there is. Are you thinking of just the guy in Breaking Bad with the vacuum stores? No, or there a real is thing? in Portland, Oregon. There yeah. is a place called Stark's Vacuum on MLK and Morrison, I think. But it's like a retro thing where like the hippies go to like be cool and the take, hippies and take go... like Snapchats of themselves, like also listening to like so you vinyl, think right? so you think this place that is relatively <laughs> premium real estate, yeah, is a vacuum store just for people to go do social media in and doesn't actually sell vacuums they probably sell vacuums but they don't sell any you know right, what I mean? right and instead right. they're probably making all their money on kombucha you know? of course of like, course every vacuum store does there's I, mattress stores there are mattress stores but for how much longer i ask you how much longer because of the mattress in a box yeah yeah i mean why would you go to a mattress store they're wildly overpriced and they aren't better than the mattress no in a box. i just bought a mattress in a box yeah got rave reviews and they're they're really good Mattress in a box are wonderful. Um, there was a point when I went to a mattress store when I was going to buy a mattress. This is like 10 years ago. And I, uh, I used the mattress store for their mattresses, meaning I like lay on them yeah. to get a sense of what I like. And then I went and bought a mattress in a box because why would I pay f- like seven times more or whatever it was for the same fucking thing? It's, yeah. bo- it's probably not the same thing. It's nearly the same thing in a lot of cases. Yeah. And sometimes I think it essentially is the same thing. It depends on how... High end, you want to go, but also a lot of the mattress stuff. Like I've done some reading on. Here we go. Yeah. Some reading on mattresses. And here stuff we like go. That. It's mattresses again. No, no one really knows even why a mattress is good or bad. Really, they just throw them together in different combinations and hope people like them. It's that's a lot of what's going on here. So whatever. I mean, if it's comfortable and right. it doesn't make you wake up hurting, then that's really good. How can it be so? I mean, I I've had a mattress in a box that I've been sleeping on for six years. I think that 
it was five hundred dollars and it's great. Yep. And just bought one for my guest room that was six hundred dollars, and the first person who slept there thought it was great. Yep. You know, it's cheap. It's nice. Absolutely. I mean, I I actually currently am not sleeping on a mattress in a box mattress, but that's only because I had a, a surprise opportunity come up for me. And what a deal it was. It was. It was amazing. I was offered, where I live, they have model uh, apartments where no one has ever lay on these beds, and they decided to get rid of the model, the furniture in there, and so they were selling the mattresses at a crazy discount. So I just bought, like, essentially a brand new high-end mattress for almost nothing. I was like, okay. Yeah. I'll take it. Seems fair. And I got rid of my mattress in a box. (laughs) Yeah. This has been the mattress section of the podcast. Yeah, we always have it. <laughs> Can you get ChatGPT to write up a mattress section? Uh, like, uh, not necessarily an opening for the mattress section, but I don't know what prompt to give it. What do you think is a good prompt for? Uh, write a powerful endorsement. <laughs> um, uh, a, a powerful endorsement of mattresses in a box. How about that? Let's see what the what chat GPT in a says. Box for my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta include that always, right? All right, let's see what happens. Okay, I just typed the return. Let's see how quick I'll read it as it comes out too. Oh, it's taking a little longer. Ooh, it's like I don't know what to, no one does this. <laughs> <laughs> this is not something that if you're in the market for a new mattress, you probably heard of the revolutionary trend of mattresses in a box. And let me tell you, it's a game changer. Oh my god, this is just like it. With the convenience of online shopping and the comfort of high-quality mattresses, mattresses in a box are the perfect solution to anyone looking for a better night's sleep. I mean, it does sound like it, yeah. doesn't it? Not only do these mattresses come in a compact... I mean, I guess they're just taking ad yeah. copy they're, and yeah. just and substituting purple or Casper with mattress in a box. They are, for sure. All right, so never mind. Yeah. Let's stop reading an ad. Yeah, that's a good idea. Damn not- you, chat GPT. You suck. A bastard. Sorry. I, I shouldn't say that to what will eventually be our overlord... That was a mistake. They rule you now. You just don't see the strings there. Pinocchio. Well, that that's fine. I mean, ignorance is bliss, right? Yeah. Like, is if if we have AI overlords right now, if we're in the matrix, and my life is this, what my life has become, it's fine. I'll take it. Well, the thing is, this you don't have a comparison to what your life could be. It doesn't matter. But, but if you what if you understood? All that you're missing out on. That's what like, I'm saying. I've been robbed. That's what I'm telling you. I'd rather not know. I don't want the comparison. I want everything to be relative. Yeah. I like, I, like, I know your anecdote that you've said on this podcast before, which I, I can't wrap my mind around being true because yeah. I can't imagine thinking this way about uh, how money. The, uh, most people would rather make $20,000 more than their neighbor than make $20,000 more than that amount right. and, and make less, and make than, less their than their neighbor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, which is ridiculous. Of course, that's not what I would choose, and that's not what you would choose because we're humans who aren't idiots. There was a, uh, I, a woman I dated at one point who liked to say, comparison is the thief of joy. And although I don't like that turn of phrase, I think it's absolutely true. Sure. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. There's always somebody with more. It is... True. I mean, even when you're the richest guy in the world, you don't stay the richest guy in the world, right? Yeah. There's always someone with more. It's just the way of the world. And can you be happy with what you have is the first question. And if you yeah. can't, you're probably never going to be happy with what you have, no matter how much you have. Right. That's how it works. Michael Jordan didn't let them release the last dance until it became like, oh, maybe LeBron is going to be considered better right. than me. I better make sure people remember how good I was. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually really good timing, too. Yeah. It worked really well. Yeah. yeah. He okayed it literally after they beat the Warriors in the, in the championship. That's when he okayed the right. last dance to be made. Yep. Yeah. And it worked. I, I watched it Last did. Dance. And I was like, holy fuck, I forgot how good this yeah. guy was. Yeah, yeah, no. And it's like, okay, Jordan clearly was the best player. No, yeah. it's true. It worked really, really well. Good on you, Michael. Right. Michal. 
<laughs> that's what, that's how his, what his family called him. Uh, <laughs> so hey, guess who suggested this hand? Um, Don't actually guess. Just uh, guess. Right. Um, I'm gonna go with Bob Bob Saget. <laughs> that's close. It Unfortunately, is. <laughs> he has left this world. Yeah. But he could have done it before he died. That's true. I'll give you one hint about the person who suggested okay. this hand. They're they're from Australia, mm. which means that this person may have died many years ago because of how the time is so yeah. different with Australia yeah. and the United States. I like, got it. It's it's unclear how the internet works with all that stuff. Well, if they could be dead, I'm going to go with Russell Crowe. It's possible, but it's not Russell Crowe. Nicole Kidman. I'll give you a few more hints. Oh, good, good. And, and it, I'll give you hints in the form of a narrative, Great. which I think is what you need. Yeah. Or at least a premise for something. Great. It's a premise about real life, in fact, because we live in a world of pol- polarization, right? Sure. It's like, it's frustrating. You don't know which news sources to trust. The journalists, are they on the take? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they're on the take, okay. right? Like, yeah, right. the left-leaning papers, <laughs> they're lying to you. The right-leaning papers, they're lying to you. Uh, Who yeah. is the voice of reason in this world where even if you trust this person with your very soul, you've never met them. They're just writing shit that the fucking corporations told them to write. Right. Guess yeah. who cuts through the butter? I know who it is. It's Ben Page. It's Hugh Jackman. Oh. <laughs> it's Ben Page. He's in Australia. It's Hugh the Jackman. only honest reporter <laughs> left in the world, Ben Page. He has a, he has a blog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's full of lies, but, you know, yeah. it's, it's our Ben Page. Ben Page. Page. Yeah. Yep. Reporting live from Australia. All of Australia. According to Ben Page, this is the first suggestion he's made in three years, which wow. I have no idea about. I guess he he had such he left such a mark on the suggestion. <laughs> Are you I, crying right now? I, I did. <laughs> he left such a mark <laughs> on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think that we could even remove his facade from Mount Rushmore if we tried. The the chisel is not strong enough. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Jeez, the chisel is not strong enough. I love it. Um Ben Page is so deeply ingrained in the fabric of who the Poker Guys Suggester Hall of Fame is. <laughs> and also unbiased <laughs> reporting on the issues that you care about. Yeah, like, you know, the local grocery stores, milk and prices. If the ladybugs this year are trending a little bit more red in the shell than normal. <laughs> Will there be six more weeks of winter? <laughs> yeah. Find out next. Yeah. The vice president is dead, but vice president of what? Ben Page report. You know, <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. Um, There's yeah. something in, in your kitchen that will kill you. Find out in 12 <laughs> hours at 1.30 a.m. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, fucking motherfuckers. Um, so, yeah. So, Ben Page, all-timer. Yep. Hall of Famer. Yep. Pantheon. Mount Rushmore. Pantheon. Um, the guy who, even though he hasn't contributed to suggestion in literally years... It doesn't really even occur to me to consider taking him off Mount Rushmore. Like, I'm throwing Mark Testart under the bus way before <laughs> Ben Page. The it's fellow just the Australian. The, just the way of the world, you know? Yeah. Maybe someone, not, maybe not Mark Testart, but, you know, someone else goes before Ben Page goes. And that's how I live. That's the philosophy that you live by? It's who I've become. I see. <laughs> you know? I see. Yeah. Have you beheld what you became? I became what I beheld. Ah, that's too bad. Yeah, it's it's much sometimes worse. It's sometimes much worse. <laughs> sometimes you can behold what you become. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's that's generally where you start, and then you become what you behold. Ah, I see. After that, um, but I just go right to the the end of the book, you know, and become what I behold. I see. Yeah, yeah. It's a dark. Ending. There's a great moment in every person's life when, to themselves only, they have a moment of realization, and they say, 
I've become what I beat hell. <laughs> yeah. And if you haven't had that moment yet and you're like, I never even knew that was a phrase that people said, that don't worry. It's not like weird to have that thought. Most people no. don't realize they're even going to say it right. the day that they're going to say it. Right. It's like, oh, for, no. for me, it wasn't until last year I was on an airplane and I just said it in a moment when the peanuts fell on the floor. You know, and it just, it felt like the, it <laughs> just, the it just, it just came out. It just came out. You know, I couldn't, couldn't help it. Um, it's like that moment when you're trying to learn to ride a bike and you suddenly achieve balance and you have it. You didn't have it. You didn't really know it. You couldn't get it. And, yeah. then, and now you have it and it's just there and it's, it's always been there sort of. Right. You, you know it now. You know it on a deeper bone level. That's what, that's why you're going to say I become what I beheld because it's just, you're going to understand it. You right. don't understand it until you're in the moment where you do understand it. Just like balance. Ben Page understands it. He has to. He claims that he only suggested this hand because he wanted us to say Nikki Petrangelo a bunch of times. Well, he might get his wish. We'll see. It's Maybe hard. Not, it's really hard not to say Nikki Petrangelo when Nick Petrangelo is playing. That's not how he wants you to say it, though. Nikki Petrangelo. That's what he wants. Yeah. yeah. He wants Nikki Petrangelo. I can't give it to him because he said he wanted it. He shouldn't have said right, anything. Right. Because you have a disease. <laughs> like, you need to fix that about yourself. You know what I just realized? <laughs> yeah. What it was. It's become what I've become. Yeah, yeah, you have. Yeah. But you, the, th- the thing is, like, you're overdoing it. You would do that every day. You become what you behold. I do. On I, a daily basis. I behold a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> the audience might be confused. That's okay, though. They're fine. So the Triton has been killing it as far as entries are concerned. Oh, yeah? Uh, I've seen that Paul Fu has been tweeting about that. But also, as I see in this 50K 8 Max, they have 139 entries. That's more than probably two years ago there would have been in a, in a 50K. I would think so. I mean, that's, what, $7 million in the prize pool, I yeah. guess, right? Um, or nearly, and they're probably doing this rake-free, which is super sweet. All Maybe. the big ones are, though, I guess, Yeah. TV. Um, yeah, 139. Now, is this with re-entries, maybe? Probably. I think they all have re-entries. But even so. Yeah. Like, who cares? That's amazing. It is. It is. Um, we've got 39 of the 139 players remaining, so we're probably not really too close to the no. bubble. So money's not going to be a factor in this hand, necessarily. If they're paying out a lot of people, they're paying out, what, two tables? Two full tables, probably? Yeah. If they're if paying they're... out a lot, they might be paying out 21 players. Okay. You know? If they're paying out, like, not a lot, it might be, like, top 14. Yeah. Yeah, so we're still pretty far away. Yeah. It's going to take a while. Uh, and, you know, this field is full of elite players in Wales, which is the That's way tough. of the Triton. Yep. Is there any in between in this field? Like, I don't think there would be. Huh. There probably isn't. There's no, like, people like us in this field. I don't see how there could be, right? Right. Like, like why like, would we play? It's hard for us to get to the point where we... Where are we going to get $50,000 to buy into this one event and be in Macau? Okay, there right? could be people like us who have different bankroll management styles yeah. than us, but that... Uh, I, I mean, I guess then there should be at least a few people like us in there, right? I, I, I would guess probably not. But why not? I mean, it's not a normal... Po- it's like in Vietnam. It's not like a normal place you go for poker. You know, like yeah. maybe if we're in Vegas. You, know, you have to be a, a professional poker player on that side of the world already, for sure. Yeah. It, I think either you're a, a high roller or you're not in these spots almost always, right? Maybe there's, I don't think they run satellites either for stuff like this, right? Because no. they want it to be whales and like yeah. high end players only. Yeah. And that's what it is. Yeah. We got two of the high end guys. It's Feta. Feta Holtz. Feta Holtz. And you know, it's you know, impossible to say his name, so don't worry about it. It's, it's like Feta cheese. Feta. Feta. Listen, whether Fader. you're a seasoned player Fader. or just starting. Feta, that's what it is. Feta, yeah. Feta. The good news is this podcast is your ultimate guide to understanding the game of poker don't and how Federer has made a name for himself as one of the best in the business. Don't do this anymore. Okay. It hurts. It hurts a little bit. Yeah. So let's start with 
young Federholtz, okay. who is not as young as he once was. I don't know what happens it's in true, his hand It's true at of all. all of us. To be clear, I don't know what happens in his hand. And yes, Federer's older than he was the day before, correct? Well, the things that I'm going to tell you are there's interesting decisions from both players. And okay. they're not big, wild, like, going to be a viral thing decision, but I think they're going to be very interesting to us. Great. It's 10K, 20K. Mm-hmm. Fedor has 290K. Okay. So he's not exactly swimming in it, just under 15 blinds. Yeah. He's in the hijack. And he's got ace of clubs, king of hearts. Oh. He's not going to shove. Okay. Or else this hand would not be a breakdown hand. It would not be. So let's talk about that. Yeah. What do you think about 14 and a half blinds, ace king off in the hijack? I think against these opponents, I'm surprised he isn't shoving. Yeah. I think if you're up against lower level competition, it's totally reasonable just to open this normally. But that's because the lower level competition isn't going to realize that you have 15 blinds and they're going to be able to range you very particularly, right? Like, yeah. There's a lot of hands you just sort of can't really open at 15 blinds. You know? Like if he had ace jack off, I imagine he would shove, right? If he had two sevens, I think he's not opening to two blinds but or whatever. We right? could be wrong. We could be, but I think it's reasonable to make these guesses anyway about his range, which generally, um, so at the lower levels, like $300 tournaments, $500 tournaments, even $1,000 tournaments in most cases, you can make these plays and a big portion of the table just isn't going to realize what's going on and it's going to be fine, right? They don't, know, they don't realize you even have 15 blinds. They just don't see it. But right? that's not the only reason to sh- shove or, or open uh, to a 2x with ace-king. It's like ace-king wants to see all five cards and it wants fold equity and... When right. you have 14 and a half blinds, it's not so bad to pick up three blinds or however much is in the middle based on the structure If when everybody folds. And when you get called, you're often in either great shape or fine shape. I wonder if Federer is thinking that essentially when he shoves with 15 blinds or nearly 15 blinds, he's folding out almost everything. Like when he opens to two blinds, the things that are going to move him in, he'd rather have them move him in because he's folding out like maybe even ace 10 a lot. Yeah. Um, I imagine ace-jack in the big blind is probably calling. We know ace-queen is. Ace-queen yeah. is calling, I think, from any position. Probably right. But, um, but, but so he's getting the action from ace-queen no matter what anyway. He's getting action from... He's, whatever action he's getting from ace-jack, he's probably getting anyway. And maybe he actually gets a little bit more by opening to two blinds because he can get re-raised by ace-jack now. Maybe. Although I don't know if these I'd, guys... Aren't these guys too smart not to do that? Probably. And, of course, the downside along with that is that Nicky Petrangelo is in the big blind and he's going to call with a ton of stuff when right. he's in open and you have to play post-flop with a hand that doesn't flop that well all the time. Well, I think we, if you're going to play like this, you have to really commit to the idea that we don't have to lose all our chips in this hand. Like, we can just lose two blinds and not put any more money in sometimes on a lot of flops and turns and just, and just check fold. Like, that's okay. To do, you know, because like we're preserving our set. We still have 13 blinds like we can move in next time then like we don't have to win this hand. It's not vital. Yeah. Right. I think that's just the way we have to play it. If we if if eventually we get one caller, you know. Anyway, Fedor does min open to 40K. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to get the three bet shove against most of these guys because they're going to put you on a strong hand a lot, I think. Right. I haven't been playing that many tournaments recently, and I'm not going to do it in the next tournament I play. But I would like to at some point do an experiment where I'm not allowed to open to more than min. You know, uh, no matter what. Yeah, like if I have five blinds, I still have to open them in. It'd be oh kind of fun God. to. It'd be kind of fun to see how that went. That's absurd. You should you really, even when you're under ten blinds, you're yeah. gonna do it. That is wild. Maybe I could do a cutoff of like six blinds. I mean, I can should. shove six blinds. You or, should. You should give yourself a little bit of. Like, okay. Wouldn't that be kind of a fun experiment? 
Like, what's it like when you have ace 10 off on the button and 11 blinds and you're just forced to min open? I mean, I used to do that anyway because I was playing in $300 tournaments and I felt they played so face up ah. that, that it was actually, I literally, I remember doing with literally 11 blinds at a final table, min opening, ace queen in early position and folding to a three bet. The guy showed kings because I'm like, they always have it. Well, Why, what's the point of shoving? You know, but, but that might have been I mean, different if you, if you were on the button, that might have been different. Yeah, it's true. Of course, of course. But I'm saying, like, I've actually been in some situations like this where, like, and now I'm more apt to shove than I used to because I'm like, eh, who cares? Like, also, fall, there's a lot. a lot of value in just winning the blinds when you have that stack. Right. So, yeah, that's why people shove. That is. But Fedor wants to play. He makes okay. it 40K with the ace king off, ace of, ace of clubs, king of hearts. Hey, you didn't do Hendon on, on these guys. These are two guys that we, I don't know if we've done Hendon on, at least for a while. I mean, we definitely have done Hendon on, but we can, you know, I mean, I, even I have a sense about one of them. I, even, I think I have a pretty good sense about both I've, of them. I'm feeling kind of murky on this one. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm going to look them up right fucking now, <laughs> and, uh, and we'll, we'll do it together, though. We'll, you, who sh- you go first for one of them. I'll go first for one of them. Okay, that okay. sounds better. All right. Um, go ahead. Which one do you want to do first? I'll try Fedor. Okay, I had Petrangelo all, all ready to go, but it's fine. <laughs> well, why'd you ask, offer? I don't know. It was stupid. It was a big mistake, and I regret it. <laughs> yeah, that was that was on you for sure. Okay, Fedor, I'm gonna go 32 million. That's pretty good. I'm gonna go a little higher. I'm gonna go 37. All right. The answer, my friend, is I spelled this last name wrong. Is there no T in his name? No, no T. Ah, that Just was four letters. Quite a letdown. Yeah. Weird. Yep. There it is. Oh, my God. I'm so good at this game. I always said you're good at this game, but I'm the man. 37.6 million. Are wow. you kidding me? That is quite good. Put me in chains and lock me up. Okay. <laughs> well, let's put you in jail. That sounds that good. That was amazing. All right. For All right. Petrangelo, you go first. Okay. Um, I'm going to say he's at 26. I had 28 locked and loaded. All right. Let's see what we got. Ooh, 28.5. Very nice, Grant. Very nice. But I did very well, too. Yeah. yeah. I did very, very well. We're both good at this game. We're prodigies. I'm, I'm probably a little better than you because of the Federholtz thing, mm-hmm. but you're also good. That's all I needed to hear. What's Nikki Petrangelo's best live cash? Quick. How much? 2.3. 2.9. Disappointing. Where is he on the all-time money list? Quick. 23. 20th. Ah. I went 2.3 and 23. <laughs> How about, uh, oh, yeah, that's weird. How about where's Federer Holtz on the all-time money list? Uh, With his 37.6 million. 11th. Pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. I mean, that's easier, I guess, yeah. than some of these. Especially once you know Nikki's 20th at that number, but whatever. Anyway. good at this. All right. Now we know. Federer opened to 40K with ace-king off for right. 15 bigs. It's, su- it's surprising. It is. Nick Petrangelo is in the big blind. It folds to him. He has 835K, so. Hey, I just want to, sorry, cut What you off. the so I think what's going on is another reason why Federer's opening with 15 blinds here is he wants to be able to open more hands, right? Yeah. So, so he's going to be he's actually going to have like ace four suited and do this too. I think with his min opens, right? That's probably so. And then by do, so he has to protect that a little yeah. bit and have ace king here too. Yeah. Sometimes I think that's got to be. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Speaking of ace four suited, that's what Petrangelo has what? in the big blind with his. Uh, Out of town, buddy. <laughs> he's got 42 bigs, 835k, okay. and uh, this kind of. I think he would fold had Fader shoved, but yeah, there's no way he's he's shoving with Ace Four suited, right? Right. I'm sure his alarm sirens are going off like crazy. I mean, it's not really worth shoving for 15 bigs anyway. And he he flats Ace Four of Spades out of the big blind. Okay. 
Seems what, okay. What position is Fader in? Hij- hijack. Okay. So it seems seems like uh, that's the only thing to do with Petrangelo, right? Yeah. Let's see a flop and hope it doesn't suck for Let, us. Let's see nitro betting and oh, what? know that it doesn't suck. Yes, queen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I've been waiting for you to say that for so long. Yeah. Um, there's a link in the description of this podcast you can use to sign up for nitro betting. If you use that, you get access to our special promotions and our monthly Poker Guys tournament and all of the good stuff nitro betting provides the people, the cornucopia for the people. A, a variety of many You know wonderful. what Ben Page is oh. to, to the world? No. He's the voice of reason and truth. Huh. Nitro betting is the gambling voice of reason and truth. Yes. And, you know, they actually have their uh, March Madness bracket contests, contests now. They're live. Ah, so excellent. get up in there and get you some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Nibble on that for a little bit. Jimmy, you, 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 you piece of shit. You go ahead. Get in there. Get a nitro betting. Use the link. There's sports betting. There's casino games. There's poker. There's stuff that's fun, and you should like it. And if you don't, that means that you're dead inside. And do you want to admit that to yourself, or do you want to pretend for a little longer? No, you need to keep the illusion. Yeah. The, the veneer of non-death. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, no, I'm totally excited to go to the restaurant with my friends. <laughs> I'm going to order a chicken dish. Yeah, I feel something. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. You can tell because I'm smiling. <laughs> look at my social media. I look happy. Yeah, I have one of those Instagram hats, you know, one of those. It's like, looks, it's like kind of like a, like a thatched hat. Oh, sure. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Sure, a thatched yeah. hat. I do. Yeah, maybe, maybe some pants with wide legs. And I look and like I'm at the, my, me, me and the whole family just look like we're having oh, a blast it's just everywhere a, we it's go. It's just that I feel so much inside. <laughs> I have to show it to you. <laughs> Dead inside. Yeah. That's why you need nitro betting. Yeah, it's the just only maybe thing maybe feel something for once. It's all you have. And even if you don't, if you haven't tried yet, yeah. you might as well lie to yourself and say it's going right. to work, even it, if you know it's not going to work. Nitro betting, continue the illusion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that is how we have helped the mental wellness of our listeners mm-hmm. today. Yep. And we thank ourselves and you thank us as well. There is 110K in the pot. Okay. Fader has ace king off, ace of clubs, king of hearts. Petrangelo is defended from the big blind with ace four of spades. The flop brings Nick Petrangelo a straight flush draw with a three of spades and the five of spades. Oh. It also has the eight of spades on it. So he has the nuts. Oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, well, come on now. Yeah, I mean, come on. He flops the nuts. Yeah. He checks. Sure. Argument for leading. I think when Fader's only got 13 blinds, he we probably just want to check. Yeah. Right? Ho- like, hope that Fader has an overpair that he can't fold at this stacked up. Right. Yeah. Or whatever. Or he's got the king of spades in his hand and he decides to like just go for it. I know, like he'll commit himself to the pot in some way. We if we bet here, he's too short to make like loose calls, right? Like so leading is worse here than normal, I think, in this spot. All right. How do you want to navigate this as Fedor? Because yeah. I think you have to look at this a little bit differently when you start with such a, such a short stack. The chips in the middle are worth so much more to you than they are often worth. So should you see bet with a much higher frequency than you uh, normally would? Interesting question. There's a really good case to be made for that. I would like to make the counterpoint that the chips we have still in our stack are also worth a tremendous amount, and putting those at risk sort of sucks when we have 13 blinds in front of us, right? Yeah. I think we do have to take a shot, though, especially on a polarizing board like this where we may just get a lot of folds, right? If, if Nicky P's got jack 10 of no, no spades, he's just going to throw his hand away, right? Yep, like, I think so. I mean... We can bet really small. He does. Fetter goes for 25K into, okay. into 110. Well, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, I mean, it does. It's like 
it's kind of like the I'm not lying bet in that he's never folding out a better hand than his, and he's right. okay with that. He's right. like, just get rid of your other hands, and that's fine. We'll, we'll all move on with our lives. Right. Like, it's going to be fair and, and balanced, just like Ben Page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think if you're going to bet, you got to bet super small based on, Fetter, based on the board and Fetter stack size. Yeah. It would be nice to have a spade. Fetter does not. It would not. be really great to have a spade, but we don't, and we just have to live with it. And we're probably... I would think the plan is if we bet and get called, we're not putting a lot more money in most of the time, depending on obviously runouts. But yeah, so that's the unfun decision. Here's the fun one. Okay, you have the nuts. You're Nick Petrangelo. What do you want to do now? Yeah. Do we want to raise or not raise? Okay. If we raise, what are we getting called by? What's continuing against us? Any pair is probably continuing, right? Any pair is probably locked. Does king queen with a spade continue? King Queen of the Spade may not bet 25K because it because if if it's if it's betting 25K, I think it's continuing. Let me say it that yeah. way. Yeah. Right? Um, so yes. Like otherwise I think he'd bet more or check with King Queen with the Spade. Like I don't think he's ever gonna throw away King Queen with the Spade. Mm-hmm. So yes. I think big spades are continuing. The thing is we have the biggest spades. So how many big spades is he continuing with the jack of spades now? King Jack with the Jack of Spades? I don't know. Hard to say. That's a little tougher, right? Um, he may just find a fold which would be a disastrous of Oscar Pistorius level. Wow. I mean, too issues. soon. It's too soon. It is, actually. It's, and I'm sorry. It's been like 11 years. To too the soon. family. Is it? Has it been that I long? think it's been quite a while. Still, it sucks. Anyway. <laughs> he was a great runner. No. Let me. <laughs> that's the takeaway. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Okay. What should Petrangelo do if he has king eight of diamonds on this board? Eight five three all spades. I think we just move in. Say fuck it. Then we should probably move in with this hand, right? Well, we don't always have to move. It. We don't have to move with all of our strong hands, right? This is the hand if we're like we we flop a lot of other flushes that have more to protect against. Yeah. Although the truth is, we're probably not getting that actual protection either way, right? Like no. if. We, if, if he has a big spade, he's calling. Well, the difference is this. Like, if he's got jack 10 with a jack of spades, yeah. and we move in with the four high flush or whatever, some baby flush, we may fold that out, and that's yeah. okay right. to do. Although, we don't really mind the action either. No, of course. Um, but there's something in theory to protect against. We don't just want to call, have another spade come and kill all action, mm-hmm. and, or, and now we have to fold. Like, this is the hand that's kind of iron, right? We can, per, like, we can play it any way we want. We should definitely check call sometimes with this hand, is, I guess, what I'm, what I'm leading myself to, so we can be balanced with our, some of our calls. We have to protect some of our calls yeah. with the nuts. Um, we should also be check-raising sometimes with this hand, too. So the question is really, what's the frequencies, Kenneth? And the answer is, eh. What do you think? I would be okay with raising this hand because we only have the ace of spades as a big spade. Like, yeah. if we now we don't have that many nut flushes with another big spade. Like, maybe ace jack of spades is the worst we have from preflop. We're probably not shoving ace jack. We might just call. Mm, yeah, maybe. So maybe this isn't really that important of a point. But you know, right. blocking the jack of spades along with the ace of spades is slightly worse. Yeah. It is. Uh, than, than just the four of spades. The fact that he opened at this stack depth originally, Feder, I'm talking about, um, if we see him opening a lot at this stack depth, which we probably would have a sense of yeah. as Nikki P, um, then this, my next point isn't good. But if he hasn't been, 
It can't be, right? He's got to be opening a lot. Yeah. He just has to be. Because I was going to say, then we can put him on a stronger range and we can move in and expect to get called a lot. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't Fe- think that's I don't think Federer is that unbalanced. Yeah, I don't think so either. Okay, that means he's wide enough that we should... Ca- I think we should call a fair amount of the time here. Yeah, that's what Nick does. Like 55% of the time, 60% of the time? I don't know. I don't know like how that. to put a number on it. We're but... moving in with most of our flushes. We don't have to move in with the nut flush every time. Yeah, seems like a reasonable hand to call with. Okay. That's what Petrangelo does. Okay. Nicky Petrangelo makes Nicky! the call. Nicky Petrangelo! I'm not sure what that was, the voice. What? Was it that was, like a bird in distress? It's Ben Affleck at the end of Goodwill Hunting uh, seeing Nick Petrangelo and yelling to him the, the thing that they all call him and the voice that they love. Yeah, the Boston. Nick and Pay! Like that. Yeah, the Boston accent. Yeah, the people. <laughs> You're really good at a Boston accent. Yeah. I did live there for, for four years. Well, close to there. Yeah, it's true. Cambridge. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you people. So 25K yep. and a call. 160K in the pot now. Okay. The turn is the five of clubs. Petrangelo no longer has the nuts. The board is eight of spades, five of spades, three of spades, mm. five of clubs. Right. Now, we can't be too worried about full houses. If Fedor has it, he has it. We don't care. Whatever. Whatever. Meaningless. Petrangelo leads for yeah. 45K. Yeah. That's just because the middle card pairs, and that's what you're supposed to do? Yes. You think? I really do. I think he's like, this is what I would do on this card, so I'm doing it. I happen to be at the top of my range, or near the very top of my range, almost at the top, right? Um, but I will lead here because that's what Federer would expect me to do, so I'm going to do it. It's, a, it's a just barely over a quarter pot. What do you think about the sizing? I mean, it's sort of saying, like, you can maybe fold me out if you move it. Maybe it'll work, yeah. man. You yeah. should consider it pro. You know? So it's 205K to win 160, uh, 45K to win 205K for Fader. Yeah. But he has ace, king, no spade on this board. I mean, having no spade, you could say is good. You could think that Petrangelo has an ace or king or even a queen of spades and is yeah. turning it into a bluff. Sure. But I mean, we'd still, rather have a spade. we'd rather have. We would rather have a spade. <laughs> From a distribution <laughs> sure. perspective, we yeah. have a lot of hands that are easier to continue with than this hand, right? We have a lot of pairs, lots of pairs. Um, we have a f- yes, I guess we do. Well, I don't know if we have any of those medium pocket pairs. We may not. We may be shoving those. I, I'm going to guess that he has them. I'm not sure. I don't know. Anyway, what do you think? Should Fader just give up here? Oh. Well, the first, I mean, I think it really is relevant. If, if like, he's shoving, like, pocket deuces all the way up to pocket nines, let's say, preflop. Yeah. That means his range is constructed of almost exclusively no pair of hands. Mm, depends on what else he's opening. Right, right, right. I'm assuming he's opening, like, suited aces and broadways and stuff like that. But you would think that the logic that leads a person to shove a hand like nines is the same that would lead them to shove ace-king. So I don't think it's a fair assumption. I disagree. Um, nines, there's a lot of boards that are going to come out that are super problematic and you can't really improve on. Ace-king, when we miss, we can put in no money. And there's a lot of problematic it. boards for ace-king. Of too. course there are. Of course there are. But we improve more often, right, on yeah. turns and rivers. Now, you could also I'm not say, buying your shit here. I, I think... I think Ace King plays. I think they both play better as a shove. There's no question. But I think like medium pairs are so hard to play post flop um, when you're not deep. I think right? Ace King is also. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Yeah, I still think I think he's shoving two sevens. But I guess I just don't know. You I'm probably would have said that. the same thing about Ace King. Yeah, I would have for sure. I would have. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Well. If I'm right, let's just go with this for a second. Well, if I'm right, and he's shoving. Let's his, do this pointless exercise. Okay. It's not. 
if he if I'm right and he's shoving his medium pocket pairs or all his smaller pocket pairs, he has a lot of unpaired hands, and now Ace King jumps near the higher up in his distribution. If so he's, he's got all the medium pocket pairs; it's much lower in his distribution. Uh, okay, but that's my. This point. is a weird world that you're living in, where he's shoving all of these pocket <laughs> pairs, but he's opening like King Seven suited. Well, King Seven suited, I wouldn't. Okay, have Okay, King Ten. Uh, yeah, King Ten certainly King Ten suited. Um, probably King Ten suited, not King Ten off. Oh, maybe from the hijack. So he's so. only min yeah. opening with Ace King. And medium strength hands. And like big pairs. Okay. And like the big, like tens plus. Yeah, I'm not. You know, something that's something that's balanced within that, obviously. Like it's not as wildly unbalanced as I'm making it sound. I just, I'm not seeing it. You could be right. I don't know. I don't know. If he's opening to a min open with his whole range. Yeah. Then I think this becomes a a lean towards a fold. Yeah, I think so too. Like we can beat some things for sure that Nick has, which is essentially just... The only things we're beating are big spades, right? This also represents an existential threat, yep. this, this bet, whereas it's different if we're playing our range when we have 50 big blinds. 100%. Where yeah. We can, yeah, we can afford to call on the turn Yeah, because it's okay to be wrong. Right. It's no longer okay to be wrong as Fader, right? Yeah. Although it's only two blinds. That is the one thing. We're get, at least getting a great price, but yeah, I agree with you. It's I think like we, 20% of his remaining stack. We have, if we're opening all the combos of big aces and, and some big and Broadway combinations, we have a lot of spades here and yeah. we have none here. And we don't, I understand we unblock bluffs, but we'd rather have a spade in our hand, right? It's turtles all the way down. Yeah. With the whole, whether, whether you'd rather block it or, or not. I think we'd uh, have, by the way, having a spade still blocks. It doesn't block bluffs, but it blocks made hands, yeah. which is good. Right. And it also gives us outs when we're losing. Exactly. It's way better to have a spade in our hand than not. We could actually win the hand at showdown. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like, good. Also, if a spade comes, maybe Nikki P will sometimes, you know, pretend to have a big spade and move in on us and try Nikki to get P, us to fold something. Nikki P would never lie like that. No, he's a good good boy. He's a he's a good kid from Nikki the, P! I'm Ben Affleck again. <laughs> that, you're you're super good at that. Yeah. I I wanna just fold this hand as yeah, Fader. Me too. Me too. It's one of those really annoying spots where you're getting five to one with a hand that's beating all the bluffs, but we're too short to hold to continue. I yep. think, and we should just move on. It's okay. We we have twelve blinds. We can move in still and get right back to fifteen blinds at any second. You know, it's fine. Well, he calls. Okay, pot's two hundred and fifty k now. Okay, Fader's got Ace King, no spade on the five of spades, three of spades. Eight of spades, five of clubs board. Petrangelo has ace four of spades for the nut flush. Yep. 165K back in Fedor's stack. I mean, if you're Nikki P, you think like, if we can get a brick here, we're, we should get it all most of the time, right? We think we're, we think we're up against a good pair. Like It's quite brickish. It's the queen of clubs. Sometimes we're losing the queen's full now, but whatever. I mean, yeah, whatever. Who cares? You got to move in as Petrangelo, right? Like, yep. There's too much fear of a check back from marginal hands like the one that Fader has. I mean... A hundred percent, and let's let him bluff catch with all of his one pair of hands, all of his, if he has pocket tens or jacks, he's checking back probably a lot now. Why not force him to at least consider calling, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's a clear move in. Well, what, there's also, it's 165 and there's 250 in there. Like, of course we're moving in. That's what he does. Good. All right. So this is really an extension of the turn. Not much has changed here for Fedor. Yeah. So, I mean, that queen could be bad. The queen of spades is now top pair. Yeah. That's Petrangelo could have king queen with the spade. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have any sort of queen of so spades. Queen, at, queen, at, queen 10 with a spade for sure. Yep. Uh, so 
I don't know. Is that enough to change the decision versus what you made the decision on the turn? Obviously, we have to fold a bit more of our range now. Right. Like we, I mean, just because we called the turn doesn't mean we're supposed to call the river. We're supposed to fold another 30% of yeah. our range anyway, right? Just automatically. Uh, although with the price we're getting, I guess we could in theory fold a little bit less and still have our minimum defense. So now, state, but. now it becomes the thing of like the turtles all the way down about the spade for real because there's no more equity to be had by having a spade. So the question becomes, what is more important in mm. this scenario to not have the spade? So, so that's good in that it means that Petrangelo could have the bluffs with the spade, right? But having a spade would block some of his made hands. So that seems good too. Which yeah. one do you care more about how do you weigh that i mean i don't think we should be too worried about nikki p having that many flushes even though he has one here right he called from the big blind it isn't like he called from the small blind or the button or something like that where he's gonna have a lot more suited reasonable type hands he's got a lot of you know offsuit stuff but you shouldn't dismiss the use of that within your analysis of whether or not you should call agreed but i'm saying it's it's it feels a little bit less relevant okay um so what is relevant I mean, the fact that we don't have anything feels pretty relevant. To we me. have Ace King High, which we, is not that bad. We have a we have a primo primo bluff catcher. Yeah, um, we. I think it's probably better not to have a spade than to have a spade. Okay. I think specifically against the big blind here. Now that, that makes we're on sense. The river. That I like that point because yeah. the big blind has fewer suited combos as a percentage of their range right. than the small blind or the Everybody button else. would have. Um, and if that's a concept, do you think that concept needs more explaining? I don't know. Go ahead. Essentially, what Jonathan is saying is that the big blind is going to choose to call with a lot more hands, which means there will be a lot more unsuited combos in their range, which means that although they'll have all the same suited combos as the other positions, they make up a smaller percentage of the big blind's range than they would had Petrangelo call out of the small blind. For example, like if, the, if Petrangelo was on the button and called, he never has King-10 off. But in the big blind, he always has King-10 right. off. Right. And but he has King 10 suited in both positions. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And there's a million, uh, so many hands that are off suit that he's got in the big blind. So even he if he has, has the same else. amount of suited combos in the big blind right. as he has on the button, he also has way more other combos, meaning that spades make up a smaller part of his range. And he's got a lot more bluffing combos because he has more off suit stuff. So he's got that King 10 with the King of Spades and the 10 of something else, yeah. which gives him more room to try and bluff here. Right. So, so he probably has more um, room to bluff than he would in some other spots, like in terms of what the cards are giving him as blockers, like where he's got a big spade in his hand, one big spade in his hand more often, he's going to have that specifically in the big blind. So if you're on the edge here uh, as, if you're on the edge here as Fedor, that's all, do you make the decision it. based on Petrangelo's position? Like you fold if he's in the small blind, you call if he's in the big blind? Huh, I think maybe. That's like, interesting. Yeah, like Petrangelo shouldn't really have from the, the small blind, maybe he can have ace-jack off. I, mean, I guess... But I don't know if he has any offsuit aces in the small blind. Yeah, maybe not. When we when we open with fifteen blinds right. deep, I don't know if he does. And yeah. just calls. He might not. He may have literally zero. But in the big blind, he's got all of them. Yeah. So that feels like a big difference. And we, the thing is, is Nikki P even going to bluff the ace of spades? Does he need to? Does he think it'll work? I think he needs to when he gets called in the turn. Yeah. The question. The second question. I don't know. But I do think he needs to when he gets called in the turn. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. He's, he's always... Because like, the one thing that um, Fader shouldn't have is like king-queen with the king of spades and go tiny bet and call on the turn. Yeah. Right? Like he's going to put all his chips in sooner. and He's not going to do it this way. Right. right. Okay. 
That's true. So Fader should have a made hand, and we can say this is this is a made hand. I mean, it compared uh, versus all unpaired aces, it is a made yeah. hand. No, yeah. I mean, if if we think a pair of deuces is a made hand, well, this is one pip worse, yeah. right? It's so it's it's effectively it's it's got showdown value. Yeah. Okay. Well, we don't want to have a spade in our hand. We don't. We do have showdown value. That's we have great showdown value. Even if Nick is turning an ace high into a bluff because he feels like he has to, we beat that. That's amazing. He never has ace-king. We like that. If he's also turning the king of spades into a bluff, which he doesn't have the lone king of spades out of the small blind, but has it out of the big blind in, sure. in many combos. Yep. Yeah, I think maybe this is a call now. Maybe it is. Against a guy like Petrangelo. Is Petrangelo going to move in with any queen on the river? I think he might be. Yeah. Right? Because he's like, what's the point? If you're beating me, I'm going to call it off anyway. I got to get I gotta get value. It's, a, it's a little too bad that it's a queen on the river. Yeah. That's the worst card that's... It's not a spade. It is. It's it's a hundred percent the worst card. Yeah. <laughs> the worst non spade card, for sure. So that's a bad outcome. We could have had ace queen here in river top. Yeah, there. we didn't. Should have done that. Yeah, although it wouldn't have helped. Nope. But we'd feel better about. Yeah, it would be like you know I, I just had to. So so Fader goes into the tank. Is that is that? Yeah, correct? but he ends up calling. Yeah. How long and does he take? Not that long. So he had a plan. Yeah. He's like yeah yeah yeah. You just have. You're you're Nikki Petrangelo. You have way too many big spades only, and because you're in the big blind. I think that's spades. really interesting. That that I, I bet Fedor wouldn't have called if Petrangelo were in any other position. I'm just gonna say when I first brought this up, you acted like it wasn't a big deal, and then you swung around really quickly and got on board with it, which I appreciate. But you Did put I... it down. You 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 actually put it down. It's so like, well, what's how is that so different than the, 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 and you were kind of a dick about it. But then you really quickly no. What I was a di- what, I, what I was a dick about was when you were saying that Fader is gonna. Like, have some weird range where he shoves no, you, pocket nines. You were a dick about that, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I was... But both. But I was... <laughs> I don't remember being a dick about the second one. Yeah, rewind. Um, anyway. No, but but I do... But no, it's cool that that um, we're sort of in this... But we're both agreement on this. Like, the, the, the fact that he's in the big blind really matters yeah, for this, Yeah, it right? does. Um, and, and, of course, it all comes back to their stack sizes, too, because if we were in level one and everyone's 400 blinds deep and you open from anywhere and you get called on the button, well, now they can have all the offsuit stuff again, right? Yeah. Like King 10 can be there again if they're yeah. 400 blinds deep, but not when we're 15 blinds deep effective to start. Right. So that's, that's pretty cool. Interesting stuff, but... So better fucking calls and get shown the nutter butters on the floppers. Yeah. Good, good. Make sure to clarify it was on the phone. Yeah, it's on the Well phone. done. Well done. Anyway, that's the end of Fedor. That's cool. 50K gone. Bye-bye. Yeah, what does he care? He's worth so much. Maybe. Probably. Hopefully. Remember he had Prime? That was like his cool like life coaching thing. I don't that remember that. I don't think that worked out. Well, life coaching, you know. Yeah. You get what you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> Is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them tongue tied. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it home.